This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. That's L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X dot org. Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. Chapter 37, in which it is shown that Philly's Fogg gained nothing by his tour round the world, unless it was happiness. Yes, Philly's Fogg in person. The reader will remember that at five minutes past eight in the evening, about five and twenty hours after the arrival of the travellers in London, this part two had been sent by his master to engage the services of the Reverend Samuel Wilson in a certain marriage ceremony, which was to take place the next day. Pispartout went on an errand enchanted. He soon reached the clergyman's house, but found him not at home. Pispartout waited a good twenty minutes, and when he left the reverend gentleman, it was thirty-five minutes past eight. But in what state he was, with his hair in disorder, but without his hat, he ran along the street as never man was seen to run before, overturning passers-by, rushing over the sidewalk like a water-spout. In three minutes he was in servile row again, and staggered back into Mr. Fogg's room. He could not speak. "'What is the matter?' asked Mr. Fogg. "'My master!' gasped his part two. "'Marriage! Impossible! Impossible! Impossible for tomorrow!' "'Why so? Because tomorrow is Sunday!' "'Monday,' replied Mr. Fogg. "'No, today is Saturday!' "'Saturday? Impossible!' "'Yes, yes, yes, yes!' cried Pispartout. "'You have made a mistake of one day. "'We arrived twenty-four hours ahead of time, "'but there are only ten minutes left.' Pispartout had seized his master by the collar, "'and was dragging him along with irresistible force.' Phillies Fogg, thus kidnapped, without having time to think, left his house, jumped into a cab, promised a hundred pounds to the cabman, and having run over two dogs and overturned five carriages, reached the Reform Club. The clock indicated a quarter before nine, when he appeared in the great saloon. Phillies Fogg had accomplished the journey round the world in eighty days. Phileas Fogg had won his wager of twenty thousand pounds. He was, it that a man so exact and fastidious could have made thus error of a day. How came he to think that he had arrived in London on Saturday, the twenty-first day of September, when it was really Friday the twentieth, the seventy-ninth day only from his departure? The cause of the error is simple. Phileas Fogg had, without suspecting it, gained one day on his journey, and this merely because he had travelled constantly eastward. He would, on the contrary, have lost a day had he gone the opposite direction, that is, westward. In journeying eastward, he had gone towards the sun, and the days, therefore, diminished for him as many times four minutes as crossed degrees in the direction. 
There are 360 degrees on the circumference of the Earth, and these 360 degrees multiplied by 4 minutes gives precisely 24 hours, that is, the day unconsciously gained. In other words, while Phileas Fogg, going eastward, saw the sun pass the meridian 80 times, his friends in London only saw it pass the meridian 79 times. This is why they awaited him at the Reform Club on Saturday, and not Sunday, as Mr. Fogg thought. And Passepartout's famous family watch, which had always kept London time, would have betrayed this fact if it had marked the days as well as the hours and the minutes. Phileas Fogg, then, had won the £20,000, but as he had spent nearly 19000 on the way, the pecuniary gain was small. His object was, however, to be victorious, and not to win money. He divided the £1,000 that remained between Passepartout and the unfortunate Fix, against whom he cherished no grudge. He deducted, however, from Passepartout's share the cost of the gas which had burned in his room for 1920 hours for the sake of regularity. That evening, Mr. Fogg, as tranquil and phlegmatic as ever, said to Aoda, Is our marriage still agreeable to you? Mr. Fogg, replied she, it is for me to ask that question. You were ruined, but now you are rich again. Pardon me, madame. My fortune belongs to you. If you had not suggested our marriage, my servant would not have gone to the Reverend Samuel Wilson. I should not have been apprised of my error, and— Dear Mr. Fogg, said the young woman. Dear Iota, replied Phileas Fogg. It need not be said that the marriage took place forty-eight hours after, and that Passepartout, glowing and dazzling, gave the bride away. Had he not saved her, and was not entitled to this honor? The next day, as soon as it was light, Passepartout rapped vigorously at his master's door. Mr. Fogg opened it and asked, What's the matter, Passepartout? What is it, sir? Why, I've just that instant found out what? That we might have made the tour of the world in only seventy-eight days. No doubt, returned Mr. Fogg, by not crossing India. But if I had crossed India, I should not have saved Aota. She would not have been my wife, and... Mr. Fogg quietly shut the door. Phileas Fogg had won his wager, and had made his journey round the world in eighty days. To do this... He had employed every means of conveyance, steamers, railways, carriages, yachts, trading vessels, and sleds, elephants. The eccentric gentleman had throughout displayed all his marvelous qualities of coolness and exactitude. But when then? What had he really gained of all this trouble? What had he brought back from his long and weary journey? Nothing, say you, perhaps so nothing, but a charming woman, who, strange as it may appear, made him the happiest of men. Truly, would you not, for less than that, make the tour round the world? 
End of chapter 37. End of Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. This has been a TBO3 production.